Welcome to the Avenging Hour. That wasn't very exciting, was it? Just didn't have any energy for that one. I'm Jason. I'm John. Yes. I'm John. Woohoo! <laughs> I feel like it's the beginning of an episode of like Masterpiece Theater. Today on the Avenging Hour. We are... Oh, hey, we're back to the main title. Yay, main title. Look at that. Woo. It's been like a month since the last... Yeah, it's been around. a while. We've been stuck in this crossover in the West Coast Avengers, <laughs> and we're going back to it. Stuck in this weird time spiral that never seems to end and keeps splitting off into more things. But in the meantime, we're coming back to Avengers number 279 from May of 1987 to talk about some more of the repercussions. Well, not really the repercussions from Under Siege, but the repercussions of the Wasp quitting the team and them having to find a new chairperson. Oh, right. I totally forgot what even was going on here. This is episode 144. That is correct. We open on... Uh, wait, wait, sorry. <clears throat> it's called... Oh. Command Decision. Is it? Yeah. And it is by Roger Stern and John Buscema. Now, please. Oh. So we open on um, a house that's... I guess this guy has his family barricaded in there, and he's freaking out for no reason. Yeah, so you, yeah, we've got a hostage situation where it's a guy in, flipped out and is keeping his family hostage and threatening to shoot him. It's in a, an Atlanta neighborhood, and... By some weird coincidence, Captain Marvel's flying over the house just as he's shooting at the police. So I'm going to... I know I've been really nitpicky of late, but I'm going to continue that trend. Here's my issue. Captain Marvel, we have seen, uh, talks all the time about how great it is for her commute because she travels at the speed of light. Right. If Captain Marvel travels at the speed of light, she is not noticing this house in a suburb... or in, in Atlanta where there is a... She's not noticing anything. Her eyes aren't going to be able to detect what's happening. I'm not even sure how she knows to stop at New York. Also, not to nitpick, as you say, if she left New York City to fly to New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans. Why is she going through Atlanta? She would go nowhere near Atlanta. Yeah, that's a really good point. So, yeah, I have some, I mean, I know it's a comic book convenience. It's a storytelling convenience that she happens upon this this hostage situation, but I don't like it. Does this guy have like a German submachine gun that he's holding his family hostage with? He has two. He has a gun in each hand. He's like a two-gun what the? man. He's a two-gun man. <laughs> That's weird. So he's holding his family hostage. Uh, Captain Marvel stops and is like, hey, what's going on? She shows up as a hologram, so when he tries to shoot her, the bullet goes through, and she convinces him that she's <laughs> gone. goes through, and he kills his entire family by accident. <laughs> yeah, I, he he's clearly crazy, and she's able to convince him that she's like some heavenly vision or something, and he's going to follow her for salvation. And she leads him outside to the cops. <laughs> and then tells his kids that, uh, be nice to your mom, because her life sucks right now. Yeah, she's going to be on some meds for a while. <laughs> and then she flies off. I'm not sure why we got that interlude. But then she she heads home to New Orleans. Here's the thing. Stopping just briefly. Couldn't the first page of this issue just been her flying to her parents' house? Yeah. This is a completely <laughs> pointless... This scene is pointless. I, I will mention later on while this why this scene isn't pointless, but whatever. It is pretty much pointless. So she, <laughs> this is kind of clever. She goes to her parents' house and shows up in their television and talks to them as if she's on whatever show they're watching. Because she wants to make sure they don't have company so that she's not blowing her secret identity, which makes actually does make a lot of sense. Yeah, that was kind of a funny page. They also tell her she's the best thing on TV since The Odd Couple. Um, the Odd Couple was canceled in 1975, and it's now 1987. Had they really not watched anything in the last 12 years that they like more than The Odd Couple? To be fair, television in the late 70s, early 80s was a wasteland. You don't think they would be like, well, I mean, Just The Odd reruns Couple. reruns of like Sanford and Son and, and 
Sha na na. You would have thought that they'd have been like, you know, I always like the A team. You know, no, not at all. Uh, anyway, sure, sure, I got you. Knight Rider. Uh, but she talks to her parents, and basically, she's able to use her parents to explain to us what happened, which is that the Wasp resigned. Captain America is looking for a new team. is is looking for a new team leader. She tries to get Cap to take the job. He's like, I don't have time. Oh wait, you jumped ahead. You went to the next page. Yeah. Oh, wait, is that a flashback? Yeah, it's a flashback. Oh. That's what I'm saying. She's telling her parents this. Oh. It's our it's her oh. it's our way of flashbacking. Oh, right. Because for once she's telling someone something that they don't actually know. It's not an <laughs> as you know, because her parents weren't there. So yeah, she tries to get Cap to do it. He's like, I'm too busy. And then he's like, Why don't you do it? Yeah, he's like, You do it. And Black Knight's like, that's not a bad idea. She was really good during Secret Wars 2. I'm all for it. <laughs> the one good thing to come out of Secret Wars 2. But she's not sure if she's ready. And then we get a wonderful panel of Dr. Druid already <laughs> looking menacing, saying, I want to be the team leader, but I can't yet. Blast. If only, what's he say? If only new members were allowed to take office during their probationary period. How does he know the rules already? He would have read them. I think he was that kind of guy. Uh, and Thor's like, Thor's looking at his watch. <laughs> like, I got to get out of here. Whatever, but blah, blah, blah. Thor's like, if you're not comfortable taking t- being the chairperson... I could do it. I've been chairperson before. And She-Hulk, She-Hulk gets mad flips n- out. No reason. She's like, you don't tell Captain Marvel she can't be chair and you can't bully her. And Thor was not bullying her. He was very nice. He's just saying, if you're unsure of yourself, I'm willing to do it. So I don't know what well, She-Hulk's problem is. I mean, if you read what he says in a in a tone, I guess she could be angry about it. It's a little mansplaining. Yeah. But, but he's, he's like, basically, if, if you have any doubt about it, then, you know, don't do it. I'm so busy, but I could do it if I had to. I still would say he's not bullying her. No. And so, but anyway, there, there's so much bickering. Cap says, all right, we're done here. And that's when Captain Marvel She's came like, to see her parents. I'm, I'm going to think about it. And then she goes and asks her parents' opinion. And there's some weird, weird thought balloons here. Because I don't know if you remember, before she became this whole superhero thing, Captain Marvel was a cop and she wanted to get a a charter business going, like a boat charter. And she was going to get her dad, who was a firefighter, to help her with this business because she figured it would be safer than him running and burning buildings. Mm -hmm. And now that she's going to be possibly the chairman of the Avengers, her parents seem to... Or her mom seems to be like, Meh. She says something, Captain Marvel says something when she's talking to her parents that I'm going to be coming back to when we talk about our feelings about this issue as a whole. But I want to bring it up here. She says, uh, the chance to lead is something I've dreamt of since uh, before I went into law enforcement. But I never expected an opportunity like this so soon. Now, the first time we see her in her origin story in Amazing Spider-Man Annual, and it's going to be recapped in this in this issue as well yes it is she's yelling at her boss because he wouldn't give her a promotion right and yet she said maybe she'd only been on the job for like three weeks <laughs> and then she says so soon she's been on this team since issue 227 in 1983 didn't she get sent out to some other universe it is she's been on this team now for four years in our time and certainly at least a year in marvel time so the idea that it's so soon is kind of crazy. But we'll be we'll be talking about that a lot. That whole concept of why we need an entire issue for her to figure out if she wants to be the chair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we should switch scenes? Yes. The next morning on the Avengers Hydro Base Island facility. Do the Avengers own Hydro Base now? They lease it. Uh, right, right, right. 
So there's uh, She-Hulk uh, in a bikini on the beach. She wants to go relax on the beach, and she sees Dane Whitman, not in costume, swinging his ebony blade at some rocks. And they have a bit of a conversation. She's impressed by him. He thinks he's going to get it on with her. And then... She talks about... <laughs> the She-Hulk starts talking about how she could lead the team. Uh, she could be the chair. And Dr. Druid is swimming in the ocean in his Speedo. And he hears this. Wait, didn't Dr. Druid have a gut? Or is that later? He's never... They they always talk that he had a gut. But they never actually draw him like that. I think they do eventually. I feel like I remember him having a gut. We'll see. But he certainly doesn't hear. No, he's still bald, though. It's weird. So in any case, uh, the She-Hulk... In, the, he, in, he interrupts them. With a with a vision, he tricks her into thinking she sees some rampaging monkey coming towards them. Yes, and uh, then he has a big laugh and <laughs> makes fun of the She-Hulk as a leader. And um, so Druid is not just menacing, but he's kind of a jerk. Yeah, he's a little bit of a... That was a scene. That happened. Yep. And then we cut back to Captain Marvel. And she is at the hospital, I'm guessing, to visit Hercules. Oh, no, wait. She's visiting Moonstone. Why? If we remember, back at the end of the... Oh, dur- clearly, we don't remember. <laughs> during, during Under Siege, when it's the Masters... It's been like three years, John. <laughs> when the Masters of Evil took over the mansion, uh, Captain Moonstone had Blackout imprisoned Captain Marvel in the Dark Dimension. When Captain Marvel got out of the Dark Dimension, she was pissed. And she took off. Moonstone's like, I'm getting out of here. And Moonstone flies away, and Captain Marvel chases her. And Moonstone, in her panic crashes into the Jersey Palace, the cliffs at the New Jersey Palisades. Oh, right, and we think she's dead. And, and we she's think like she's broke dead. broke her neck or something. And that's what we find here. She's in the hospital after breaking her neck. But why would Captain Marvel even... Why? And she's like, hey, how you doing? And Moonstone's like, get out of here. Well, I believe... <laughs> she's like, you're still a jerk, whatever. I think Captain Marvel came to apologize because she feels some responsibility for Moonstone crashing into the cliffs. But then Moonstone spends the entire time whining and blaming everybody else for her injury. And Captain Marvel no longer feels bad for her. There is a little thing, though, where Moonstone's like, it would have gone differently if I'd been in charge. So there's like all these little leadership things that are getting poked at Captain Marvel. Yes. Then she goes to see Hercules. He's unconscious. Yeah, that's, that's a waste of a page. And then he says something, and I'd really like to know what he says, if that's an actual word, or those Greek characters. Yeah, something in Greek, which uh, obviously leads us into the next storyline. And then... And then we get a, a long... This whole issue is just Captain Marvel flying around to different places. And then we basically get her flashbacking to her entire origin, which we did cover, and I don't see the need to go over it again. Because literally... It is panels taken directly from her from that Amazing Spider-Man issue. There are no differences in this origin from when we saw it the first time. I do want to say this. When she lights down on the on the abandoned oil rig, she says, Hard to believe I became Captain Marvel just a few months ago. Uh, no time. way in hell. Again, she's been on the team for 40 issues and... She's made guest appearance other places as well. And remember, like you said, she, she went into, off into another galaxy. She went into space where she spent at least a month uh, running around with Nebula and trapped and not able to get back to Earth. Yeah. So the idea that it's just been a few months is crazy. It's Marvel trying. I feel like Roger Stern is trying <laughs> to make a point with this issue. Uh, and for that to happen... That she's too green to be a leader? Yes. Yeah. And I feel like that's not actually backed up by any of the facts. Uh, well, uh, I mean, if we're going to go poke, 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 poke with leadership stuff, when she's talking to the unconscious Hercules, 
she makes some comment about like what would Hercules think about another woman being in charge because he had mm-hmm. so many problems with Wasp. So that's another thing. But yeah, then we see we. It, I mean, her flashback really is. We don't need origin. to talk about it because it really is pretty pretty simple. Why did she go there? Because that's where she turned into Captain Marvel. She, she was in New Orleans and then she flew out into the Gulf of Mexico to stand on this oil rig and reminisce. When you can move at the speed of light, it's not a big deal. And then Captain America shows up. Yay! Somebody's doing something. Yeah, we go to the uh, Appalachians somewhere there to Kozak's Cavern, which I don't believe actually exists. I couldn't find any record of it yeah. existing in nature. No one knows where this could be. Where Captain America, we have some, I think like a Boy Scout troop or something is trapped in this cavern. And Captain America is going to find them. Yes, you're correct. And Captain Marvel shows up and decides... Uh, miraculously. Decides to help on him. On her way back to New York, I guess. Well, she does say she was actually looking for him. So I'll buy that she showed up here because she was specifically trying to find Cap. How would she know where he was? It's in the media. There's, a, I mean, the first thing we see is media trucks, radio and TV trucks out there uh, broadcasting what's going on and saying Captain America's here to help. Isn't that an ambulance? And a tow truck? Well, there's a guy... I mean, you can see the guy with the camera and the... Oh, yeah, I see him. Just standing up on the edge of the cliff. Yeah. So in any case, I'll buy that she found them. Whatever. What I don't buy is that when Captain America and Captain Marvel find the the, the trapped people and start to lead them out, that they decide to sing a song. And these freaking kids know uh, the army was rolling along. <laughs> when the caissons go rolling along. Yeah, I don't believe they know that song. Mm. I mean, like, the kids are like, we want to sing a song. And they're like, well, that'll calm them down. What song can we sing? She's Captain Marvel's like, my friend Captain America knows a lot of great songs. How about a war song from the 40s? Right? <laughs> I mean, what do you what do you mean he knows a lot of great songs? He knows Betty Goodman and Al Hurt. It makes no sense. Even kids in 1987 would have been like, we want to sing Vanilla Ice or I don't know. No. We want <laughs> too soon. We we want to I don't know. We want to sing uh, Madonna, Michael Jackson. Yeah. You know, Thriller. Lionel Richie. Thrill. That were, they wouldn't be singing I was so annoyed by that. Yeah. I um, love the kids names are Joey, Bobby Sue. Come on. Well, it is the Appalachians. Um, so in any case, I mean, I don't know. Do we want to go through this? No. It's dumb. <laughs> Basically. Oh, no. The kid falls. Oh, no. They rescue him. Oh, no. We think yeah. that Captain Marvel's going to. Oh, no. She's fine. Yeah. Captain she's Marvel. such a good leader. Captain Marvel helps rescue the kids. Get it? Captain America says, follow Captain Marvel. Her light will lead the way. Yep. And so. That Cap- wasn't too heavy handed. Not at all. So Captain Marvel decides, you know what? I will accept your nomination. And Captain America says, congratulations, Madam Chairwoman, because who needs a vote? Democracy sucks. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I'm the real leader of the group. And if I say you're, quote unquote, the leader, yeah. then that's cool. They're, they'll listen to me. And then Thor kidnaps Hercules. They should call him. Is that Thor? No, we're supposed to believe that that's Yes, uh, a, a shadowy figure kidnaps Hercules from his hospital bed. That shadowy figure is Apollo. We'll is find that Apollo? That. that is Apollo. That's big for Apollo. He has been on the. He's been in the book before, and we will find out more about this the next time we come back to this book. Well, like I said, I knew it was leading into the next storyline when he started speaking Greek. All right, moving on to the letters page. Mark's remarks is about what makes a good superhero team, <laughs> which I actually think is kind of interesting. It's like a, a long paragraph. That's it. Well. He says, so I, there's two things I want to mention. He says a good male-to-female mix is important. Doesn't actually talk about also about like a good racial mix 
or a good, you know, no, we don't need people of color on our team, but goodness knows we need a few chicks. And their costumes have to be colorful. And he also says... If that includes their skin tone, so be it. He says they need to... Also a good team member. It gets down to specific requirements of a team's co- concept. The Avengers are supposed to be Earth's mightiest heroes. So it certainly wouldn't fit the concept if we brought in someone who wasn't from Earth, wasn't mighty, or wasn't a hero. Okay. Uh, let's go down the list of people on the team. <laughs> Star Fox, not from Earth. Mockingbird, not mighty. Moondragon, barely a hero. Yeah. So That's just the start. So it's so dumb for him to make that comment in his Mark's Remarks concept. Is Star Fox really the only one so far that wasn't from Earth? There's probably more. I mean, you could you could argue our Thor and Hercules from Earth. Yeah. They're really not. Yeah. Um, there's probably more. I'd have to see the roster and look at them. And you could certainly, I mean, you could also argue, I say Mockingbird's not mighty. You could certainly argue Hawkeye's not. Tigra. Tigra, yeah. And, and again, heroes? Well, I mean, certainly Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch, and Quicksilver weren't when they joined. Right, right. So... Yeah. You're wrong, Mark Greenwald. Are there any letters you found of interest? Honestly, I didn't even read them. I always the, look if the names are familiar and they, I don't know. Any one people. gentleman does write that he thinks uh, Starbrand and the new universe heroes should meet the Avengers or join the team. And that will never, ever, ever, ever happen, we are assured, which is amusing because that eventually happens. Yeah, yeah. Starbrand, uh, Nightmask. I feel like another one from that universe joins the team, too. It it will never happen because Starbrand and Nightmask are from our universe. Yes. They also get canceled pretty quickly, and Marvel's like, well, we own the intellectual property, so... And no bullpen bulletins again. Oh, yeah. Didn't even notice that. So... That was easy. All right, 20 minutes. We're done. Thanks for listening. So, Jason... <laughs> yes, John. What do you think about this issue? I think it's a complete waste of time. Let me let me set up a scenario for you. Let's say you're a 12-year-old boy and your friends have been going on for years about Marvel comics and you're like, "You know what? I got a little bit of extra money. I'm going to go to the newsstand. I'm going to buy one of these Marvel comics and see what this is all about." And you see the cover of this comic, which looks quite majestic. It's like a family photo of the Avengers in all their colorful costumes, looking mighty. And you're like, that looks intriguing. And you take it home in a hurry, you rush up to your bedroom, and you curl up on the bed, and you read this issue, and then you set fire to it and throw it out your window. (laughs) Because there's no one who would pick this up and go, oh, I want to read more of this. Nothing happens in this issue. It's frustrating to me because I really like Captain Marvel. I like Monica Rambeau so much as a character. And we are going to be, again, as we go through the next year, real time of Avengers main title stories, I'm going to be so frustrated with how they handle her as chairperson. What's fr- And what's really frustrating to me is, again, this is a character who the first time we see her wants leadership responsibility, who does take over during Secret Wars 2 and gets everybody to listen to her with no concerns, no, you know, she's not plagued by self-doubt. And we have, she has never been plagued by self-doubt. It's just not part of her character. And now we have an entire issue that all she does is grapple with self-doubt, comes out of nowhere, doesn't make sense, doesn't fit the character. It is a waste of an issue. And what's really frustrating is the next issue is a Jarvis-focused trip through time with him. And so I'm like, we've got two issues in a row here. Yeah, I'm surprised she didn't go visit him in the hospital as well. 
And he could have told her about how marvelous she was leading something at some point. You know, just to stick another pin in the leadership thing. Well, here's the other thing that frustrates me. So if we are talking about her being concerned about whether or not she's a good leader, almost nothing she does this issue is about leadership. Well, that's what I was going to circle back to the initial scene that I was like, they don't really need to have this scene in there. It does kind of show her taking control of a situation and diffusing it and... She takes showing contr- some sort of, I don't know if I'd call it leadership, but some sort of responsibility. But but she doesn't seem to have a problem with responsibility. She, we, we know she's a capable hero. If anything, if, if this issue was going to be about her grappling with whether she can be a leader, then at least some of the things that happened in this, in this issue should have been about her leading people. Right. And she never, ever does that. And to put her at the last thing with, this, with the kids in the cave... To put her with Captain America is the worst Avenger you can put her with. <laughs> the most capable Avenger. He's so capable, and obviously he's the one that's making everybody feel calm and okay. Well, here's the thing. They could have fixed that easily enough if Captain America had somehow gotten trapped, too. Yes. If he needed to be helped, then she could have taken command and like told, you go over there and do this, and you help lift that, and you do this, and call somebody, and like send out some commands, and then mm-hmm. take in charge. Instead, yep. she just pretty much follows him around. The only one and works of, as a giant flashlight. <laughs> the only the only one of her interactions that really has anything to do with leadership is when she talks to Moonstone, and Moonstone very much is blaming other people for her own failures, which she can't do as a leader. And like you said, also says, "If I'd have been in charge, things would have been different." Yeah. It's the only one that in any way relates to leadership. It's and it's not even a whole page. No, and it barely relates to leadership. I'm only I'm grading it on the curve <laughs> of nothing else even remotely really. It's so I don't like the concept of this, this issue, but even if I buy into the concept of this issue, it's done poorly. And it's a shame because that's not typically Roger Stern. I feel like he usually has a better handle on the characters, especially characters he created. And I also feel like he is usually a lot more focused. If he has if he has a point he's trying to get across, he's able to get, a, get it across, and he just doesn't hear. I feel like he's kind of... Um flailing right now after Under Siege ended and he's trying to figure out what the next storyline is going to be because that one was so epic. And he spent the last two or three issues going, well, we'll get rid of this person. Maybe we'll shuffle the team around a little bit, see what we can find. And the next next storyline we get into in the Avengers title is also very epic. And so we've got three issues in the middle here. And the last one wasn't bad. And I don't even hate the next one. But I haven't reread it in a while. But I don't remember hating the next one. We'll see after I reread it. But this one has always bugged me. Aside from the Captain Marvel stuff, which takes up, you know, five-sixths of this issue, the little scene with Dr. Druid was probably the best part of Yes. And they've had little things with him each time. He's probably the most interesting character. And Mm -hmm. maybe it's just because he's new. Because I like Black Knight as well. But Black Knight's been around for a little while now. But you're right. The Hydra Bay scene, far and away the best scene in the the issue. And tells us more about She-Hulk. Tells us more about Doctor Druid. I don't know if it tells us more about the Black Knight, but he's there. Yeah, well, it builds a relationship with him and She Hulk a little yeah. bit. So, it's yeah, it's far and away the best, the only really worthwhile scene here. But he's definitely setting up Doctor Druid to be like, wait a minute, are we supposed to trust that guy or not? Yeah, saving grace. That is this issue. I am not a fan. Obviously. And I feel bad because I feel like all I've done recently is rail against issues of the West Coast Avengers. Why did we come back to start doing this podcast again? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really, 
I'm well. I am super excited. I know Jason's not because he always gives me a weird look when I talk uh, in glowing terms about the next uh, Avengers main title storyline. I love that storyline coming <laughs> Can up. Can they hear my eyes rolling? Yeah, I really enjoy it. I know you don't. I honestly don't remember it. I just don't like the con- the idea of it. I just like it because it's basically I, there's a couple times where the team really gets to cut loose, and you don't often see the Avengers really cut loose because there's mean? a lot of power on this team. They go to like a dance club or. Yes. Sweet. So much. Techno. Is there techno music in the 80s? Uh, disco? Is that still around? <laughs> I hope not. Techno in the 80s? Yeah. A lot of synthesizer bands. A lot of... Well, there you go then. Horrible. So, but that's fine. I don't mind doing... I, I, it's a shorter episode, but there's just not much to talk about here, and I don't need to rant about it that long, and I'm okay with it because it means less for me to edit. Yay. So we're done? We are done. Okay. We will be back next week, back in the West Coast Avengers, to, I oh. think, hopefully, finally finish off this um, space-time plotline. It's a seven-part series. We have two more issues. Yeah. We should just do them together. Can you hear John's eyes rolling now? They're going to hear my teeth grinding on, <sighs> the, on the soundtrack. I said we could do two every once in a while, but no, that's not a... We don't do the last two parts of a story together. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we will see everybody next week. I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas. I hope everyone has a Happy New Year. We will see you in 2021. Yay. Thank God this year is going to be over. Right. (laughs) Check us out on the Facebooks and on the Instagram. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.